welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. I'm T, and of course, we are talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. I know uh, if you're watching the premiere of this, this is not obviously Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, which is when new video episodes go up every single week on the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash C slash Theron Riddle Scary Movie. Again, that's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Riddle Scary Movie. Or if you're listening to the audio-only version of this show on Podbean or Spotify or any other way that you're getting your podcast out there, uh, you're probably not listening to this on Wednesday night uh, because this does not get recorded on a Wednesday night here. Folks, this is part four of my spoiler-filled conversation with Mr. Eric Brady about Scream five me and mr eric brady both got a chance to see scream opening weekend a couple of weeks ago yeah we're uh we're at a couple weeks here now and we couldn't wait to talk about it we talked about it just a couple day uh a day excuse me after seeing it uh we both have seen it multiple times at this point here and we had a great conversation about the film very very spoiler heavy um but this is part four. It's the last part of this conversation. We've talked a lot about every single aspect of the movie itself. And in part three, we had just finished up talking about the killers, their motivations, things like that. So now we're going to finish that up. We're going to talk a little bit more about the ending, our new rankings of the Scream series, and uh, even what we kind of hope for in what's got to be confirmed at this point, at least Scream 6. Because uh, by the time of this recording here, Scream 5 is coming up on 100 million. It is about to beat the entire worldwide run of Scream 4, which means that without a doubt, Scream 6 is in development. We get to find out who's going to be behind it. Is Radio Silence coming back? Are any of our older veterans or our new veterans going to be coming back for another entry in this one as well too? We don't know yet, but you can bet we're going to find out sooner than later on it. So strap in. It is episode 79 part four of it's always someone you know featuring my spoiler filled conversation with mr eric brady about scream scream 5 scream 2022 whatever you want to call it uh check it out enjoy and love the movie none of them like all the victims have familial ties but they did neither not. of them have any deeper meaning other than just we want to see this franchise keep going yep because they're us you and I are the killers in Scream Five. That's it, and they call they they call it out. You know, it's it's toxic fandom. You know, basically that the creators don't listen to the fans. They don't take our ideas seriously. This is more than just a movie for us. This is our link to this world and giving our love for the world. And you're not listening to us, so we're gonna give you something to listen to by giving you. And I guess their plan of like we're gonna frame because always the framing the whatever like framing yep. the dad in the first one that they're gonna frame Billy Loomis's daughter as the girl who actually did it. So in their fake movie, it would be the proper sequel of like, here's the person who has the ties to the old storyline. So like when they had the whole requel thing, like you always got to continue a storyline that nobody cares about anymore and should just be over. Yep. The fact that in their requel that they were trying to write, that it was like, and Billy has a illegitimate daughter and she comes back and keeps killing. Like that's exactly, while they don't fall into that trope, the movie they're trying to inspire is that trope. Yep. They're and their, their framed murderer is the typical murderer. They're basically making Scream 2 because that, that's the idea. Like, it's Billy's mom came back to get revenge. So they're basically making another Scream 2. And 
from there again we start uh we get the same same shit from the original movie where our still alive protagonists are all fighting back um we also very nicely and i'm glad again like whoever choreographed their stu- uh their fights and everything i like the callbacks to all the injuries because again one thing scream does well in this movie is is that any injuries that are happening they're valid they're they're still yeah. happening like those Amber's were- fighting gail at one point and put the fingers in the bullet wound you're like yeah yep. that's that's that scream that's scream one with with Stu getting getting in yeah, there right. with billy in the bullet hole yeah it's like we're doing this callback and then the most egregious one which i laughed my ass off in the movie did did you recognize the oscar winning callback in that scene no no all right let me let me give you a hint there quentin tarantino dude is there a close-up of feet oh uh, no you went you're really not oh man so uh amber who is played by mikey madison was in once upon a time in hollywood did you see once upon a time in hollywood i did do you remember the That's end the of feet. once upon a time in hollywood i do with the dicaprio with the prop from the movie and what happened to mikey madison in once upon a time in hollywood at the end of that with leonardo dicaprio she got set on fire set on fire went absolutely ape shit trying to kill brad pitt and everything brad pitt beats the shit out of her she gets up with a broken face leonardo dicaprio sets her on fire and she stumbles into the pool and we get that shit and scream she gets covered in hand sanitizer which is a great kind of meta reference to our lives right now and then she gets set on fire in which she returns later to where she has to get shot in the face which i was her. Were they so they're fighting and she accidentally bumps into the stove and turns it on which is set up her getting she gets shot three times and falls in the stove and goes up in smoke and she's laying on the ground burning or whatever i oh. thought when they knocked the stove on that that was going to lead to like burning the fucking house down yep i Same thought here. that was the fully coming full circle is the the shot, which I assume is probably how Halloween Kills is going to end in a few probably. months, yep. is you standing in front of it, burning to the ground of like, yep. this is over. We have evil dies tonight, and we can continue the new thing because it's a requel. But the original thread plotline is done. Yep. But instead, it was just for her to burn into a mess. And the ultimate end here is that uh, 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 Sam who has been seeing, you know, visions of Billy Loomis this entire movie, telling her to accept her, accept who she is and go with that, which is interesting because if Billy wasn't telling her, the most interesting part of this is that we don't know, I I guess we're supposed to assume like, obviously she's taking her antipsychotics for a reason, but it's also like, why would Billy looking like that be telling her positive things? Because Billy's not telling her to murder her friends. He's not telling her throughout that at all. Just like, tell her her to murder, but he's like, Let's like when they're in the car and he scares her and she almost crashes or whatever because he's in the mirror. Yeah. He's like, let's get to the bottom of this and cut some fucking throats. Where yep. it's like, he is telling you to kill. Yeah. He is also doing like, do it for you though. Yep. Don't just be a crazy person. Like, cause it is still your, your brain thinking this up. It's not actually him, of course. Yep. But it is but- that side of him that's like, you have this violence in you to get out. And the fact that he plays on it, he goes with it, she uses it, and she murders the absolute yeah, hell out he's of her. staring team. over her. He's the boyfriend is getting ready to kill her. And she's seeing the ghost of him is like in the mirror and like looks down and point, like you realize there's a knife there still. Yep. And she's like, I got one more rule. Don't mess with the daughter of a serial killer. Stabs Stab. through the cheek and out the other side, gets uh. on top of him, and just goes to fucking town and is just going cr- like that is he's the screaming out of he's bleeding and then he's like what about my ending 
cuts. He's like, here's your ending. Cuts his throat and open. Ooh. And then stands up over his body and does the Billy knife wipe that the ghost face always does. And I was like, oh, that's a beautiful touch that she has that in them. And everybody and then, got a chance to get their revenge in because, uh, you know, uh, and not Tara- only did she cut his throat, but then Sid and Gail come in and they're like, they always come back for one finish. more. And she just grabs a gun, shoots him like twice in the chest, once in the head, all the brain comes out. Yeah. All his throat slid open. And she's like, I'm still going to shoot his brains out. And, and then her, to your point, then burning girl runs in and gets shot. In the head also. And uh, Tara gets to shoot her, but it's also I very- still prefer the Papa Duke. Yeah. And it's, it's also fitting though, too, that Gail also got to get her, like uh, her uh, comeuppance with that as well, too, because one Gail and Sydney get the upper hand on Amber, Sydney, like Sydney gives Gail the gun and says, you take this one. Cause clearly Amber's the one that killed Dewey and Gail's yeah. got to get that revenge. So both Gail. And they have that moment in the corner where Amber's like pleading for her life when Gail's got the gun on her. And it's like, why the hell would we like let you live now? What are you yep. going to say then? That, you know, we, we were manipulated and whatever. And the girls says something about like, I don't remember about like being brainwashed and the internet and whatever. And then it was like, you killed Dewey. You killed my best friend. Yep. And then Amber immediately just is like, and he died like a little bitch. And, and it's like, like, no, you're fucked now. Yeah, you maybe. You almost had a, had a little chance. And then you were like, no, I'm Amber, like, man. I signed the death warrant. We're done, basically. We're done. <laughs> yeah. So we get that. Um, there is no post-credit scene. Uh, the the idea there, we get to see kind of the fallout, Gail and Sydney chilling. Uh, 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 Sam comes over, talks with them, kind of tries to figure out how her life's going to be. And then we still yeah, see- am I going to be okay? Yep. And we still see Ghost of Billy Loomis looking over, which is where I think a lot of people are very interested to where this is going because clearly there is superb interest in this. This is, uh, the movie is really well reviewed. We're going to see how it does with the box office because it only has- four weeks to make money before it hits video and there's nothing else coming out right now the morbius got moved so the box office belongs to scream as long as it can hold on to it so and these sisters are two characters that i especially the fact that i think the younger sister was interesting in the roles the parts that she was in the movie yeah but because she got attacked in that first scene she spends the whole movie in a hospital bed essentially so she she should get her movie now we haven't really she while she's like important to the plot she hasn't she's not the star in this movie yep but obviously if you come back she has to be like more important and so it made, does feel like you have some freshness with the same two sisters as your pair to do another movie or two and i would love to see that and you made the dexter reference there earlier which is the, the best reference to make for this because we're, we're kind of left off the same way that harrison was left off at the end of dexter new blood to where Sam is now like, she sees her dark passenger. It's it's Billy Loomis right there. We don't think she's going to become a serial killer, so to speak, but he's clearly there. She's clearly accepted the truth about her life at this point. So moving forward, are these two going to end up in another situation where it's going to be her and Billy talking back and forth, trying to work out who these serial new serial killers are and stuff like that. And to the point of let's be done with the legacy characters. I, I am good to say, let's retire Sydney and Gail. They they serve no no other purpose. Would I be mad if they showed up? No, as long as it's in a very I, much supporting. I think feature. one more movie with them is perfect because this yep. movie, like you, this was kind of your reboot. You brought the three back, and Dewey got to go out and have yep. his moment. I think you do one more movie in the same way that Dewey had like the forty minutes in death. You kill off Gail. Yep, and she's your emotional death halfway through the movie. And then you have Sydney die at the end heroically. She yep. 
she gives her life to protect the new girls in some way. And then you go to the third movie, none of them are left. It's just the two girls, Ghost of Billy, Ghost of That's Sydney. It. Yep, maybe. Ghost of Hayden Christensen. <laughs> and then get a little yub nub in the background. Ewoks, <laughs> put it all together. Let's go now. Um, so I'm curious, Eric, uh, we're going to talk about final thoughts on this a bit here. After seeing it, you've gotten to see it twice now. What's your new ranking of the series? Is there a new ranking of the series? Did it go at the top, did it go at the bottom? Where, where are you at right now? I, man, see, so I'm also watching the original again tonight. And I think that's good because those two, I think, are the top two now. Okay. I, I think this is not, I think this is second. Okay. But maybe after rewatching the original, like it's got so much nostalgia that's boosting it. It might be more fair to say this might end up being the best. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I absolutely kept thinking throughout this entire film, the fact that uh, Radio Silence was, uh, was smart enough to make all these like nods to the other films, it elevated each of the other films I thought I had said and I, I was telling myself my wife I, was I don't like, I don't know if this movie is that good if you don't have any like have not seen at least Scream 1 it can't be so much good. of it is a reference back to that yeah that I think it would still be a good movie like a, a solid three out of five star movie Definitely. I think that extra star though comes just from the fact that they cleverly play into those old things again I that agree if you don't have that and you're going in you might be let down a little more I yep. think it's gonna be a good movie for everyone that likes horror though and I agree because like Scream 4 kind of filled that role to where there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of callbacks to the previous films, except for maybe one or two points of Scream 1 to where you didn't need to know anything to really yeah. like understand Scream 4. It, it was a whole new idea, but you're absolutely right. My worry about Scream 5 is that for people who are not familiar with the series, I worry that they, they'll enjoy it, but you're absolutely right. They will not get the same level of enjoyment that the rest of us have had who have been fans for you know, 25, 26 years at this point. And if you are, I feel it's hard to, to not put it on top because it does really elevate all of the other material that came before to the point that my ranking of it, and uh, like we've done enough rewatches of them lately that I'm pretty positive <laughs> about it. It fucked my entire ranking up because I was, two one three four and now i'm one five two three four like somehow this movie dropped two down and move one up that's how good this movie really was is that it it swapped that entire ranking around and i think part of that is is because it does make scream just that if, if it was possible for scream one to be even better Scream 5 did that job. It somehow made that movie better. Basically. It does what Halloween did a few years ago of like, what if we did a reboot to this really old, not probably not as old, but like took a 20 year old movie and like, yeah, there's other Scream sequels and they are still canon in this and they still have characters in this. But really you could view this as Scream 2 if you wanted to. And that's yep. And the four West at the end of the movie, um, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Wes Craven is my all-time favorite. Wes Anderson. Uh, I want to see Wes Anderson spin <laughs> next. They, they love some Royal Tenenbaums up in here now, man, which that movie is good. That's a damn good. Movie. All his movies you, are fantastic. If, if they were to make new sequels based on this one, if this does the proper requel and the two sisters are new leading ladies going forward, a new Gail and Sydney, do you think this movie did a good enough job setting up those sisters that you would want to see all those? Absolutely. Just because... As it's not just that highly rated because it's the bow on the franchise that ties it all up. It is, it ties that up with enough thread to go, here's the next, it's, the next path. 
it's it's so interestingly uh, interesting enough because again now we don't have to worry about any of that past stuff with the exception being billy loomis billy loomis is the like weirdly enough is now the most important legacy character moving forward in this and i like that until the next movie where it actually is Stu as the killer oh my god which i'm okay with that now don't do it but i'd be okay with that now basically because i think now we could move into that but the problem is like if they did do that then we have to make sydney and gail important characters and i don't want that it, it turns out the the new father that the mother married she had the illegitimate <laughs> kid with billy turns out then Stu. she had the kid with Stu. yeah he got married real young in high school oh. and that the other daughter has visions of dead stew <laughs> and they they somehow talk to each other x-men yeah. days of the future past style <laughs> oh god <laughs> Um, I, I do think it has it has legs to move on, honestly. Um, and if you do it, you absolutely have to bring the Meeks Martin twins back as well, too. They have to be in that next film as well. And they, they do the Randy role of like, we're yep. going to bring you back. Maybe not for long. Yeah. Not the lead. They and they kind of, in my opinion, they kind of have to do Scream 2 because the only thing that kind of makes sense to me is that these two girls go to college. Like, or at well, least one's, the, one's five years older than the other. Yeah, well, yeah. The younger I, one would go to college. Like maybe skip, like maybe not the older one. Maybe like maybe I guess skip, the other old one never went to college. Yeah, so like could. we skip ahead like a couple of years or something, and maybe it's the younger sister graduating and going or something like that. I feel to me that just feels natural at that point that they would go to college and we focus on and that. That would be a very scream thing to do to be mm-hmm. like, hey, While we did still the recall. The recall sequel is them in college because that's what Scream 2 was. Duh, yep. of course, that's and where we're going. You don't go back to Windsor College like in Stab 2, but your connection, here's your easy connection basically, is that uh, they have access to Gail and Sydney. So when the killings start happening at college, you know, they call Sydney up and say, hey, Sydney, it's happening to us again. What do you suggest? Like, well, where's happening? What's going on? Well, we're at college. You fucking kidding me. It's happening at your college. All right. Who's in let's... your film class? Yeah. Have you met your boyfriend's parents? It's not your boyfriend. It's somebody else. Have you met Amber's parents? One of them. That's why they bought the house because they also love Stu. Yep. Get birth certificates. Get uh. Do internet searches. Like (laughs) let's get this out of the way now. So, I I think that that could go a million places. I want a sequel. I think that we will be lucky enough to get one announced by the end of the year. I'm willing to put a bet on that. That I think by the end of the year we will hear that they're working on Scream 5, or Scream 6, Scream 6. I, mean, the, the, I think the longer it takes, the less, it's like the Dune thing, where like Dune came out, and then everyone was like, they haven't announced Dune 2 yet? Like this, they, they're not finishing the story, and they're not announcing a sequel? And then like two weeks after Dune comes out, it's like, I, we're making Dune 2, of course, dummies. Yep. yep. So I feel like back. if in four weeks when the Blu-ray comes out, if they're like, hey, buy the Blu-ray, by the way, we're in pre-production of Scream 6, like, great sign, awesome. Is that good? So we're in. Six months out, nine months out, you still haven't heard of thing. You're like, oh no, that's not good. And what's what's good about this is that Scream was only made for $24 million, meaning it doesn't need to have big legs to be successful here. It's the only big release this weekend because, again, Morbius is gone. If it can make about 60 to 70 mil, I think we're pretty much guaranteed. Right, I'm going for, for a third time then. Let's do this. Yep, like, let, let's go. Let's hit it at that point. Like 10 million tickets, please. Yep. So we're, we're going to see what can happen from that. But I, I do want to say that that for Wes got me because Wes Craven is my favorite uh, filmmaker of all time. Um, he, he's been that since the since the late 90s um, just by seeing because at the time I hadn't seen like, like Nightmare and all that. Oh, yeah. It was because New Nightmare was his first film I ever saw. 
I didn't see the original Nightmare on Elm Street until well after seeing a lot of the sequels. So it was New Nightmare, which was scary as hell and was the prototype for Scream. And was meta, yeah. Yeah, it was Scream, Scream 2, and People Under the Stairs. And off those four movies and his one book, The Found in Society, I was done. Best, the best filmmaker of all time. Then I got to go see Last House on the Left and Nightmare on Elm Street and Shocker and uh, uh, Hills Have Eyes and all that. And this felt to me... Like I got to see a Wes Craven movie in 2022. That is the biggest praise I can give to Radio Silence is that, and I don't mean that as insulting to them because those guys are great filmmakers. Ready or Not is an amazing film. Um, they made a Wes Craven movie. They they made a Wes Craven movie in 2022. And I, I thought that was so perfect. I thought that was just the, the best, the best thing. And it's a movie we need it right now, you know, to get reminded of this is like, Horror's been good lately. Horror's been really, really good lately. But We've this was a throwback. The horror community. Oh, man. But this is our horror. This is our horror. We got to see something that, they said it, that connected it connected us to horror as kids. And, and gave us new protagonists. Because that's where Scream 4 dropped the ball with the requel. Yeah. The protagonist yep. was the killer. That's real mm -hmm. tough. That's, it's a hard thing to do. Yep. Here, the protagonist is Billy's daughter. Got a sister. The two of them are interesting together. Yeah. Let's go. Let's keep let's keep this up. So final thoughts, Erica. What like what what else about this movie do you have to say? What else are you thinking about it? What else is going through your mind on it, man? I just I'm I mean, like I said, I've seen it twice. I'm watching Scream again tonight, the original. Then I'm seeing this one again because this as Scream is my as I talk about in the movie, like Scream is my first entry into horror. Being yeah. 10 years old, I think. Halloween night, going over to a friend's house after trick-or-treating and a bag of candy and like picking out a movie their parents had on the shelf and popping in Scream when I was nine or 10 years old and loving it. And then having to walk home at like 11 p.m. and literally checking under cars as I walked home because I was terrified because I had never seen anything that scary in my entire life. Yep. And now being in all these watch parties, watching all the, being a Shutter subscriber, all comes from Scream. So yeah. to get what actually feels like more Scream, just it's all those little, like we talked about, the, the blood wipe, the red right hand playing, all those moments gave that little nostalgia feel of just like, ah, it's back. I remember yeah. that feeling. I'm so glad to just hear that song again. It's a, it's a shitty song. I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't like that song. It's garbage. It's terrible. It's but I'm terrible. watching Scream and I hear the dong. I'm like, yes. We're I back. We're back. Yep. And it's something comforting, like it's weird to say comforting when talking about horror because people who don't watch horror, nope. I always get this like from my brother, like, why do you like horror movies all the time? And it's like, because it's when fantastic. you do, there is that comfort of like, this is my thing, it's back, I'm getting this, this is for me, which is also what the plot of the movie is about is that this is for me. And I'm glad you mentioned your story of like how, how it connected you because that that was kind of mine, and it, it shocked me because. Again, I don't know about your your first showing of it. Mine had like the the little like behind the scenes vi uh, vignette before the movie and everything. And again, like I mentioned earlier, they talked about how like a lot of people saw Scream as like as a ten year old and they were bonded. Yeah. And it's like it's kind kind of crazy to think because that's how horror movies worked back in the nineties. You didn't see them when you were old enough. You saw them when you were well you under when you should have. Yeah. And I've told this story on the show previously, but you know, I remember seeing interviews uh, with like Drew Barrymore and Courtney Cox on like Jay Leno or Letterman. And for some stupid reason, I thought Scream was set in a high rise building for whatever reason. I have no That's idea. That's an Nicole why. Smith movie, which I, you, I also liked when I was 10. Yeah. And 
we my uh, my parents let let us rent it. We we watched it at home. I was scared shitless. It was the scariest thing that I had seen in my life while also being funny and such a fun experience as well too. And like you, uh, I, I lived in Australia at the time. And the, the Air Force base that lived on was so small, you walked everywhere. So it was very common as a 10-year-old to be walking home in the dark at night at 9, 30, 10 o'clock because, you know, where you hang out is so close to your home and just checking like, ooh, ooh, ghost face. Where, where's I, he at? I remember getting, getting home and going to the bathroom, Ugh. sitting on the toilet, being a, doing, doing some work. And we had like the, the bath shower combo next to the toilet with the yep. curtain and everything and having to check behind the curtain just in case. That never happens in the movie. Oh, never no. behind a shower curtain. But, but in scared. my mind, that's like, it could be anywhere right now. Yep. If I go to bed, let me check my closet one time. And it's like, man, when the movie hits you like that, it's that's when you decide, like, I hate horror movies. I'm never watching them again. Or yeah. this is and, amazing. And Scream was, I, I call Scream one of my first, like, big three horror exper- uh, experiences in life. Like, Child's Play was, like, another big one. And I think Jaws was, like, the, the first one there. And... I do remember like, you know, uh, when the ghost face mask got popular, like they're still very much like, I'd say top five, like Halloween costumes every year. But I remember the year that like they started going on sale because I actually don't think they were really on sale for Scream 1. I actually don't think that they got popular uh, as costumes until Scream 2 came out. And that's when you saw them everywhere. We had a friend had a glow in the dark one. Yeah, I remember those. Now you're unlocking childhood core memories. Yep. Where yep. they had this like storage area under like like a crawl space essentially that we would all go in and there was like the one little pull chain light in the middle. Yep. And the dumb game you play when you're like nine, you make up games is that the person in the middle would leave the light on, they'd count to like 30 and turn the light off. You'd all hide and they couldn't see anything. They have to come around and try and like find you or whatever yep. while you try to get to the middle. Oh. And as soon as someone got the glow in the dark scream mask and that's what the person would wear and it would just be like you can't see a thing and like they'd be moving but they if they're not looking at you you see nothing because yep. they're in the dark and it yep. turns to you and you just see a oh. scream mask in your face and that's like no i'm gonna die no. in this room no it's the best it's such a good mask oh it's it's so fantastic and it's it like it like scream does deserve to be up there with like if we're talking the greatest horror franchises and uh, a random tweet on Twitter that I, I responded to yesterday that like had me thinking is that Scream might actually be the third longest like running continuity of a horror franchise. Because the first, if I'm correct, it can't like, I, I feel like we can't give it to Hollow. Like, no, I wasn't. It, like started and rebooted and rebooted a third time and rebooted a fourth time. And that's, and, like, why, that's why I don't count Halloween. Because like, if we're talking just the straight continuity, it's Alien. Because Aliens kept the same continuity with prequels. There's been a little, a little retconning. But all those movies, Prometheus, Alien Covenant, all those are still in place with the other ones. AVP is still in there as well, too. That'd be one. Child's Play would be two. Because even with the reboot, the, the original filmmakers had nothing to do with that. They still have their continuity with the show. That would be two. Scream would be three. Because of the continuity from one up to five now, no, like the TV show has nothing to do with the movies at all, so it doesn't break that up there. So Scream would be the third, uh, the third longest running continuity of a horror series, and that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And it therefore should be in everybody's conversation within like the top of horror franchises, pillars of horror. And it's now been around long enough that like they talk in the movie about like all the people who saw it when they were ten years old with their parents and everything. Yep. Those 10-year-olds are now in their mid-30s They're us. watching Scream, watching the new one here, Scream 5, 
with their 10-year-old kids, yep. getting them into horror. And you're like, it is doing it again. It's perfect. Yep. And I I love like I love that specific fact so much because I can't wait for 15, you know, 10 to 15 years down the line when we get these kids these days talking about Scream 4 and Scream 5. Like talking about man, eh, at least Scream Five. I don't know Scream Four is going to happen. Well, I just mean as in like a lot of those kids were probably like that were ten when they saw Scream Four. They're now twenty yeah. when they saw Scream Five. Like we're gonna get more from this for sure. But I'm just looking forward to that. The kids to say, man, I saw Scream Five when I was when I was a kid, and that got me into the, the way you saw world. New Nightmare. And you're like, after seeing New Nightmare, I went back to see the other one yep. and all that. There are people uh, are gonna be like, I saw Scream. You know, I saw the new Scream trilogy five, six, seven. Yeah, and then decided to go back and watch the originals, and they're okay. You know, they're kind of uh, old. The it's hair a, is very 90s but it's a beautiful feeling it's a beautiful feeling honestly and i am uh i was as stoked for this as i was for Candyman. um candy for a different reason you know there like there's some very personal connections in that franchise and in that film and in that yeah. villain but like you said i'm like i know i know i'm white passing but yeah <laughs> you get it you get it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's the connection to Scream is a more open connection to everybody else. This is really what made our age group and our age range. And it's it's wonderful to share it. And one message I do want to leave off here with this before we kind of sign off here is I had a bad interaction on Twitter last night to where I gave the guys from Radio Silence praise saying you guys made the, a Wes Craven movie in 2022 and it's beautiful and I appreciate what you did. And somebody came on there and said Wes Craven would be rolling in his grave. From, from seeing this film. I, and, you know, I try not to get That's into Twitter. shit with people these days because it's like, you know what? I get it. No, you don't have to have the same opinion. Demon Knight's my absolute favorite movie. If you think it's a piece of shit, fine. You don't have to like it. It's mine. But I, and I told this person this, said, look, you're, you're welcome to your, you're entitled to your own opinion there. But in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinion, because I think it's still at a 92% rating on Rotten Tomatoes right now. A lot of other people disagree with your thought process on that. And the response I got was not true horror fans. And I like, I wrote a comment and I blocked it at that point. Cause I'm not going to engage with those people. Nobody is the gatekeeper of fandom. I'm tired of people doing that. How can fandom bullshit. be toxic? Fandom is a good thing. Yep. And I, I said to that person, I, I said, this movie was written for you. It literally was written <laughs> for you. You are the villain. And yep. then how did you, you hate it? Literally the killer in this movie. You are like, you're the bad guy. You're the bad guy. and You hated it. You just saw yourself in a movie. Folks, especially with horror. If you have seen one horror movie, you are a true horror fan. Simple as that. There is no gatekeeping. I don't give a shit. Like I run a podcast for horror because I feel personally, and I'm not trying to sound pompous, but I know more about horror than a lot of my friends do. That doesn't mean I'm the gatekeeper of shit. Okay. I watch more mainstream stuff. I don't watch a lot of, a lot of like uh, international horror. A lot of times like people do, I don't watch a lot of like the specialty stuff from the old days that people love and enjoy. I appreciate all that stuff. But this movie not... even mocks the horror gatekeeping right off the bat with yeah. the like, I like, I love, I like the Babadook and it follows an elevated horror. And the person on the phone, the killer is just like, horror is horror, man. Like what's wrong with just a good old fashioned jump scares and slasher. Yep. Like, I enjoyed the escape. We we talked about it. we love those escape plan movies. Those or escape room. Those movies are fantastic. They are fan, not the escape plan movies. The first one's okay. <laughs> second one. Oh my god, that second one is so good. It's so Extraction so good. Hades, not so good. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but 
Like, guys, don't don't gatekeep that shit. Like, encourage people because I think that's really the joy. Like, I love horror so much that I love when people pick out their niche of what they really enjoy about that. And I'm I'm a big fan of the old slasher and monster movies and Freddy and Jason and Ghostface and Chucky and all those guys and stuff. Those are my kind of things there. Whereas, like, a lot of elevated horror actually isn't for me in the least bit. And that's okay. Nobody is the mayor of horror folks so don't let anybody tell you that because you didn't see this or you didn't enjoy this or you didn't get this you can't enjoy horror if you've seen one movie you are a true horror fan folks and that that's all i want to say unless you claim to like early 2000s horror that i'm gonna gatekeep and say uh the only good horror movies are urban legend uh darkness falls <sighs> and final destination God damn. <laughs> I, I I am gonna you have know, you back. I mean, there are people who like that is their genre, and the same thing. Like, good for you, man. I like a lot of that, man. Like, I I'm finding that I'm a big fan of like that mid two. All those post screen movies, I have some nostalgia for a lot of those. Even the bad ones, like Darkness Falls, which is not good, but I like it. Hey, because, I saw it in theaters with you, buddy. So I, I'm with you there. Because because Scream was that gateway, and yep. all that that post scream era of like, let me see as many horror movies as I can. Yeah, now I go back and watch all the Friday the Thirteenth and Halloweens and all that. But at the time, it was like, yeah, Final Destination and all. Urban Legend was my shit because it was after Scream. I love. I just Urban want Legend. to see more things like Scream. It's so good, Urban Legend. That's such a good movie there, which is weird because I know what you did last summer was not a good movie, but oh, another classic though. It, it, no, and that's the I love watching. I know what you did last summer. I de- it's just not on the same level as a lot of <laughs> yeah. those other ones. Um, but, but guys, enjoy what you enjoy, honestly. Like, I'll have E back on the show. Well, we're going to talk 2000s horror. We'll have some fun doing that. But uh, when Scream e, 6 you, rolls around, I'll be here. It's time, man. Uh, <laughs> what do you have to plug, E? What do you like? Uh, what, what else are you out there doing, brother? Nothing. I'm off the internet now. I live in the shadows. You know what I'm going to plug? Uh, T watch the scary movie. Watch parties are always a blast because I'm ah. always there. Yeah. So come on by. What are we watching this week? God, uh, we're watching Slumber Party Massacre, man, which I'm which sad. You just you... told me I need to watch. I'm like, dang it. I know. I know. We're going to watch it together. If you like, if by the time this airs, you haven't watched it, you're still going to be in for a treat. Um, <laughs> me and E have seen the first movie we've seen. You've, we, you Were you there for the I second movie? I think the first movie? two. Okay. Yeah. And if you don't know about it, because uh, folks, I'm actually uh, like, we're, we're going to get into it because I'm splitting these up. Like there's going to be a lot of episodes coming out next week, which I'm so happy about. Um, but if you haven't seen Slumber Party Massacre, the story is simple. A serial killer escapes from a mental institution and goes and targets a bunch of girls who are throwing a slumber party. End of story. Second movie, that killer somehow comes back as a rockabilly singer with a guitar power drill and goes after one of the surviving girls and her new friends at a slumber party. Second one is so much better. It's fantastic. I like how as dumb as that description sounded, it was very much also like babysitter two sounding of like- First movie is a kid gets attacked by his babysitter and all her friends. Yep. Second movie is they come back as demonic entities haunting him. And you're like, what? Sorry, what? What happened? <laughs> like, huh? No. Which those movies are fantastic too. I love those it's babysitter fun. movies. Yeah. They're good. <laughs> um, this new this new slumber party massacre. The the plot line of that is simple: is that the same exact serial killer or the same name because it is a reboot. Same serial killer comes back. He attacks a group of girls. There is one survivor, and then years later. The daughter of that survivor goes off to another slumber party with her friends where they're attacked by the same killer. It's the same name. It is the is, same character names. It is uh, a- can I, ask, can I ask a spoilery question or not? Yes. When he attacks the daughter, is he a singer? No, no. Damn it. But, but <laughs> there is a very big and direct reference to the <laughs> second film in there. And I don't want to spoil it until you see it. You will that know- That would have it. been a clever remake is like, 
let's take the two or three movies from this franchise and do all of them in one. Oh, I, I kept I kept thinking it too. Like I thought at some point maybe like a song the girls would play would be like that, or it he would comes out with up. the guitar. He grabs the guitar and has to use it or something. Uh, you'll you'll see. You'll, <laughs> I like this movie. It sounds trust like. me when I say it is overt, and you will you'll know it right away. Um, it is fantastic. It is. I'm shocked to say that this series is somehow an amazing franchise. I have not seen three yet. We will watch three soon and figure it out. But out of the three films I have seen, including this reboot, fantastic franchise. Uh, so uh, that's going to do it for us then, folks. Uh, make sure to follow us on YouTube. Make sure to follow us on Podbean and Spotify as well. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Eric. I'm T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared, y'all. <laughs>